This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life. And that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. A licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. Go for Mike Slater in three, two, one. You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Slater's America's greatest country in the world. Happy Saturday. Thank you for being here. Got a busy show today, as always. Um, I want to talk about identity politics and a theory that we may be nearing the end of it which would be good news, but how can this be? So we'll talk about that. we got a little more insight in how people not only form opinions, because that's what we've been exploring these last few weeks, how people come to, come to their opinions, but also how people make up their own realities. I had a caller on my local show the other day say, you know, Slater, it's like, it's like Democrats, Republicans, progressives, conservatives, we don't even agree on core principles anymore. And I'm sure you've thought that, heard that before. And I, and I got thinking, you know, Yes, but we don't even agree on reality anymore. Forget, forget about core principles. So you have policy. Of course, we don't agree on policy. But we you know, used to maybe agree on principles. Now we don't agree on that. But we don't even agree on reality. So, if I mean, that's the starting point. We, we can't even agree on that. So I want to break that down uh, a little bit more. And, and the conclusion of that is going to be, well, it's all the more reason for us to focus on what is real and what is true. So we'll talk about that later. Uh, also, I have a dose of reality about Trump's upcoming immigration policy. So we will do all of those throughout the next three hours here. But I want to start off with uh, Milo. Now, before you go change in the station, you're like, oh, my gosh, more of this guy. Uh, it's not what I want to say here is not really about Milo. Milo is just a, uh, an excuse to talk about these things. I don't know how much background you need on him. I'm, I think we're all pretty up to, uh, up to date on, on his thing. Uh, gay British conservative. I, I've been fascinated by his act for maybe a year now. Uh, he's definitely got a shtick. He tours college campuses, says mostly true things. But when the left, and of course it's the way he delivers it, but but the things he says is uh, are pretty much true. So, but the thing is, when he's called a homophobe, right? If you said the same things, you'd be called a homophobe. But he says, "I'm gay," and when college snowflakes call him a racist, he says, "I have a black boyfriend," and right, he just goes on and on. So he has these shields against every progressive attack that would normally shut down the debate. So 
that's fascinating. And then I'm just wondering, like, how did he get so famous? Where did this come from? How did he get a $250,000 book deal? How did he get thrown off Twitter? And it's like, what? what? He, he is the provocateur du jour. And uh, at the Republican National Convention, you know, we're sitting there on Radio Row doing our local show, and the governor of Florida would walk by, and he'd have an aide next to him, and that's it. Maybe there'd be someone talking to him as he walked by, like, oh, there's the governor of Florida. And that was pretty much the case for everyone, but Milo would walk by, and there'd be 50 people around him. It'd be like a circus. People flashing cameras. Milo, Milo, who's that? Who's that? Is that Milo? Milo, Milo, who's Milo? Like the whole thing. He was the star of the whole Radio Row experience. And it's like, who is this guy? How did this happen? And then one last point on on the shtick. He would do this uh, drag queen-esque show on college campuses, sometimes literally dressing in drag. And, you know, sometimes his speech would get shut down, and that's what he would want. And then he'd get invited on Fox News. And then when he would do that, he would, well, dye his hair back to brown, get in a suit and tie, and play it straight. Which proves that the whole thing's an act. And just to kind of get on TV. And And then when he's on TV, he's smart. He's a smart person. Well, at least he uses big words with a British accent. (laughs) That's kind of at least passes by, comes across as smart. If you're just uh, tuning in. So anyway, that's Milo. He's got a huge cult following online, all that. So you know the whole backstory. He said some things online that basically support uh, pedophilia. Um, Went into this whole thing about consent and relationships between men and younger boys and provide safety and love and blah, blah, blah. And then he got disinvited from CPAC. Breitbart fired him. Lost his book deal, right? So so what we have here is, is a meteoric rise. This is the big principle here. This is the story arc of of Milo that we witnessed this week. We have the meteoric rise of Milo and then the hubristic epic fall. And that is a story as old as time. The meteoric rise and then the collapse. And the person who this is this act, Milo Yiannopoulos, is a really wounded, hurt person. His name is Milo Hanrahan. And he did an interview two years ago at Fusion. And he said, I quote, I didn't like me very much. So I created this comedy character. I don't have feelings to hurt. Right? So that's why he says things that hurt people's feelings. Right? He, he doesn't have feelings to hurt, so he projects that on uh, on others. right? So he's got a lot of wounds, so he created this character, and, and it's, he admits that it's, it's all an act um, that he's created. So that that's the story of Milo, and I think that is really interesting. So all that being said, I want to tell you where I am. I was doing a Bible study about, about a year and a half ago with a couple of friends, and it was entitled Excavation. And it was specifically for men in their mid, mid-20s to 30s because men in their 30s, especially in our, our social media world today, it looks like everyone's building skyscrapers all around you. Their careers, their families, everyone's making more money now and loving life and everything's awesome and amazing and look at these trips I'm going on and all that stuff. And all you see are people building these skyscrapers around you. And you're not. You you have like this little hut or whatever. 
let's just focus on careers, right? So people in your 30s, it's not your first gig. You had a couple of promotions and all that. And people are starting to do pretty impressive things. So you look at that and you can start to feel inadequate. You feel like you're falling behind. And you got to keep up with the Joneses when it comes to your career. And you're not, so you get depressed and all that. So the point of this study is instead of building your skyscraper and rushing to build it so it can keep up with everyone else's, instead of building, excavate. Excavate deep down. Excavate down in your life so that then you can build a rock-solid foundation that you can build your skyscraper on in your 40s and beyond because these other skyscrapers that are being built right now, they don't have that solid foundation and they're going to collapse one way or the other eventually. So I look at Milo. I think we're the same age. I think he's 32. And he built a skyscraper on an unstable foundation. Actually, when did I first meet Glenn? Eight years ago? Seven, eight years ago? And I asked him, I said, Glenn, what's your, uh, what's your advice? Young radio guy, what's your advice? Immediately, avoid self-destructive behavior. That was, it. That was his advice. <laughs> it wasn't anything about radio specifically. It wasn't about your voice, your, vo- your, voice, your tone, your tenor, show prep. <laughs> avoid self-destructive behavior. Same idea, right? So Milo built a skyscraper on unstable foundation. And you, especially if you're older, uh, you've lived this yourself or you've seen it around you. People who just work, 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 build, build, build. And maybe they neglect their family. They neglect their own issues. They neglect important things and then it all collapses. Maybe they still have their career, but they lost their family or whatever it is. And these guys I do this Bible study with, they're super accomplished, incredibly wildly accomplished in the military just like crazy crazy things and we've just been encouraging each other to slow down in a society this is rush 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 go 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 build 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 we've been trying to say prepare 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 excavate dig 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 heal some wounds figure out what you really want to do what your true calling is don't rush wait slow down so I'll just be, I'll admit it. Like I would look at Milo and be like, man, why don't I have a $250,000 book deal? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why don't I have this? Why don't I have that? Why don't I, why aren't I speaking at CPAC? Why aren't I on the Bill Marshall? Or whatever? It's like, whoa, it's okay. Slow down. Do you want, do you want those things? Do you want a book now? Or would you wait, rather wait until it's going to be a good one, right? Do you want to, do you even want to go on the Bill Marshall? But let's say you did. Um, are you ready? Are you prepared for that? Are, are, do you have the wisdom necessary to do a good job? Uh, and, and speak the message uh, in, a, in a productive, capable way. Like, you ready for that? Like, just wait, wait, slow down. Don't rush, don't rush. Luke 14 is one of my favorite stories. Uh, Jesus gives the advice to take the lowest seat at the table. I love this story. He says, when you're invited to a wedding feast, don't just waltz on in and take the highest seat of honor, right? Don't take the best seat because then the, the guy who's hosting the wedding is going to come in and be like, hey, uh, Sorry, bro. Um, Do you mind moving down a couple seats? (laughs) Sorry. And you'll be super humiliated because you thought you were the man. But instead, sit at the lowest seat at the table. 
And then the host is going to say, hey, man, what are you doing down there? Come on, move up here, move up to a better place. And, and that will bring you honor. And the conclusion is for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. So the challenge has been issued uh, to me amongst my friends to humble yourself, excavate, prepare. There are no shortcuts. We always look for shortcuts. We look for shortcuts to success. They don't exist. They don't exist. And let every tale of, of hubris, let every tale of pride before the fall be the lesson. one 900 And I think that's, that's really at the core, I think, what this story is about. I want to share a story next of three gentlemen. We're going to go ancient Greece. I'll just tell you, Shakespeare, and then Civil War hero. These three gentlemen tied together, not just in theme, but specifically connected to each other. All with this lesson that I just shared right here. one 888 Slater Radio on Twitter. Mike Slater Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. Mike Slater. We'll continue in a moment. On the Blaze Radio Network. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life. And that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline, a licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. This is Mike Slater. Slater Crusaders, I want to tell three stories in one along this point about, uh, about excavating. So, Isocrates, not, not Socrates, Isocrates, uh, 734 BC. So, he was friends with another man who passed away. And uh, that, that man had a, a younger son. So, Isocrates wrote a note to uh, this young, young boy who was very ambitious. And Isocrates knew that ambition can be very dangerous. So in the advice, uh, I'll just read a couple points. He said, uh, no adornment so becomes you. So nothing's as important as modesty, justice, and self-control. For these are the virtues by which the character of young of the young is held in restraint. Uh, th- this is the line I like. Though. Abhor flatterers as you would deceivers. Right, so the people who f- offer you flattery, run from them as quickly as you run from people who deceive you. Abhor flatterers as you would deceivers. I like this. Be slow in deliberation, but be prompt to carry out your resolves. 
Okay, so just a, a list of advice like this. That's so 734 BC. So fast forward about 2,000 years. You got Shakespeare, wrote Hamlet, took this letter, specifically this letter. This isn't a coincidence. Took this letter from Isocrates and put it in Hamlet. So the dad, Polonius, wrote a letter to his son uh, and the famous line you may have heard. This above all, to thine own self be true. And it must follow as the day, the night, thou cannot then be false to any man. So basically it just means... Um, be a man of integrity and character. And it's after a long list of advice, just like this letter from Isocrates. All right, fast forward 250 more years to William Tecumseh Sherman, Civil War general. His favorite play was Hamlet. He quoted it all the time. Again, not a coincidence. I'm not saying, oh, here are three people throughout history who kind of came to the same conclusion. No, Isocrates, Shakespeare, Tecumseh Sherman loved Hamlet. Shakespeare read Isocrates. There's a direct connection between these three men. Now, Tecumseh Sherman, his dad passed away when he was young as well, just like Isocrates' friend, right? His parents named him Tecumseh, but his mom, I think, had seven kids, and the dad wasn't there anymore, so the mom had to give a bunch of the kids away. So she gave Tecumseh to the neighbors who were Catholic, so they gave him the name William, so it's William Tecumseh Sherman. So... I bring him up because you look at people in history and Milo is an example of this, who just burst into the scene out of nowhere and then disappeared just as quickly. But Sherman's ascent was very slow. He he went to West Point, was in the army, traveled across the United States on horseback, learning a little bit from each posting that he went to. He was never in a rush, didn't have grand ambitions, wasn't, and because he didn't do that, he wasn't, He had no desire to trample on people to get anywhere because he was just learning. He was just excavating. Civil War started. Uh, He was promoted a couple times. He met with President Lincoln at one point and the president offered him a promotion. And he said, I'll accept it under one condition. No more promotions. And the president was taken back because every other general All they wanted were promotions, right? They just wanted higher rank all the time. And he was the only one who asked for no more rank, right? He's just, he's like, this is it. It's all, (laughs) I don't want to go any higher. Why? It's weird. Even when I tell the story today, it's like, was he afraid of something? Was he scared? Was he lazy? Why, why would he not want more rank? What are you talking about? Of course, what would ever compel him? Why was he so scared? Why was he a coward? No, it's because he had an honest appreciation of his abilities and he, he, he knew what role was best for him in the war. So the siege of Fort Donelson, he was actually ranked higher than Ulysses S. Grant, but he waived it and served alongside uh, in, in support of Grant. He wasn't fighting for control with him. I guess it's the old adage, you know, great things can happen when you don't care who gets the credit. It's kind of like that. So he kept learning because he really admired Ulysses S. Grant, even though Grant had a lower rank. So he kept learning, kept growing. Ultimately, by the end of the war, became one of the most famous men in America. He was asked to run for president and do everything. And of course, he said no to even running for president. Grant, though, did run, obviously won. So Sherman wrote to Grant. Again, always admired him, but he wrote to Grant and he gave a piece of advice. He said, be natural and yourself. Now, hold on. There's one more line, but I just want to go back to Isocrates. Remember, Isocrates told the young boy, abhor flatterers as you would deceivers. And Sherman wrote to Grant, be natural in yourself 
and this glittering flattery will be as the passing breeze of the sea on a warm summer day. Meaning it's not going to last. And that's okay. Be natural on yourself. And this glittering flattery, all these accolades, all this, it'll be as the passing breeze of the sea on a warm summer day. It'll, it'll come and it'll go. And be okay with that. Just be natural and be yourself. I want to quote from Ryan Holiday, who wrote a great book. He's one of the great young writers of today. He wrote a book called Ego is the Enemy. It's it's awesome. You should read it. He said, if your belief in yourself is not dependent on actual achievement, then what is it dependent on? The answer is nothing. Ego. And this is why we so often see precipitous rises followed by calamitous falls. So which type of person will you be? Isn't that interesting? So you look at people who have these these quick rises to fame. Um, is there real achievement there? Is it really based on anything real? If not, then uh, it's based on nothing. And then it will end in a calamitous fall. It's so funny. We're attracted to big, glamorous, powerful cults of personalities. It's interesting. Because it's the, it's the meek, it's the humble, it's the generous, the gracious that, uh, well, shall inherit the earth. one 888 Slater Radio on Twitter. Just, um, I don't know, something to think about. The, the, especially for a younger generation. I don't know if this applies even to, or I don't know if older people even have the, uh, older people quote, have the, uh, this like desire to go, go, rush, 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 rush. But if you're in your 20s, 30s, and I know the Blaze has a younger audience, just be patient, slow down, focus on achievement, not on ambition. Slater Radio on Twitter, Mike Slater Chef. Spread the word. This is Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to Mike Slater. One more uh, segment on Milo, then we'll move on to some uh, some other things, a little more uh, political based things. But talking about Milo and, and not really about him, it's it's the rise and fall of him. It's just fascinating. I've been able to, as uh, you know, watching him for about a year, fascinated by his by his act, by his shtick, and by what he does and how he does it, and sort of watching it. And then what happened last week, to the rise, the fall. Now he, in his apology. Uh, didn't, he could have done two things. He could have doubled down or humbled out. Um, he doubled down on it all. So he'll rise and then fall again. He'll just keep doing that over and over until the, the humility comes. But, um, we quoted, I think on this show two weeks ago, Ryan holiday. I had no idea when I first quoted him, how impressive he is. He dropped out of college, Ryan holiday. He dropped out of college when he was 19 apprenticed under Robert Greene. Robert Greene wrote uh, 48 Laws of Power. If you don't have that book, um, I, I recommend it. It's a very difficult read, 48 Laws of Power. But this is a, it's one of Donald Trump's favorite books, and it's the number one book that's banned in prisons. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it's 
pretty interesting. And Trump used a lot of these laws of power uh, in, in his uh, campaign. We've quoted that a bunch as well. So anyway, Ryan Green apprenticed with this guy. And he's written a bunch of books that my friends have read. And I'd never put it all together that it's all the same Ryan Holiday. Anyway, he wrote an article. We quoted him a couple weeks ago. It was right after uh, the, the Berkeley protests with Milo. And his article was full of wisdom because he he has so much historical context, Ryan Holiday does, that he doesn't get wrapped up in things. Right? He doesn't get swept away by movements or fads or anything like that because he's a student of history and he knows that there's nothing new under the sun. So he also can kind of always take a 30,000 foot view of everything and just sort of stay above it. And I, and I, I admire that. So he was giving some advice to progressives on how to combat people like Milo. And it's not to shut them down. It's not to burn down the campus that they're speaking on. It's to talk with them. And he goes on and he talks about a couple other people who have had these meteoric rises and ran through all the different times that people have tried to shut them down, but that just makes them stronger. And then the, the times when they really get shut down, quote unquote, is when a progressive just talks to them, just talks, and, and that exposes, uh, what does it expose? It's, it exposes... Um, just they're not quite ready yet and and that's not a bad thing it's not it's not bad they're just not quite all the way there and that's okay i i guess i just say watch out for shortcuts i feel like a lot of people who get attention quickly are not ready for it because they took the shortcuts either they looked for the shortcuts on their own or they were given shortcuts and they didn't have the awareness like william tecumseh sherman did to not take them. Does that make sense? The, the, that difference? So some people, they're like, where's the shortcut? How can I get to the top right now? They're looking for it. Some people are just doing their thing and then someone gives them a shortcut and they're like, okay, I guess once in a lifetime and they take it and they're not ready for it. But William, William Tecumseh Sherman, remember Lincoln was like, hey, take, take, this, uh, take this job and Sherman's like, well, I'll do it, but no more. Like, <laughs> I don't want any more rises to the top. I'm not ready. And that is, uh, that's true wisdom. So, I want to give a couple uh, examples of this. So Yvonne Chouinard, he is the founder of Patagonia, you know, the, the clothing company. And he's a baller mountain climber and an adventurer. And he was talking about climbing Mount Everest and how that has changed over the decades since uh, the first people to do it. Now, I want to read this quote here. Now, I'm going to change a word to the word jerk just because it's a family show. So... When I say the word jerk, just know that the word he used is about two steps worse than this, but I think jerk still gets the point across. So he says, taking a trip for six months, you get in the rhythm of it. It feels like you can go on forever doing that. Climbing Everest is the ultimate and the opposite of that because you get these high-powered plastic surgeons and CEOs and they pay $80,000 and have Sherpas put the ladders in place and 8,000 feet of fixed ropes and you get to the camp and you don't even have to lay out your sleeping bag. It's already laid out with a chocolate mint on the top. The whole purpose of planning something like Everest is to affect some sort of, of spiritual and physical gain. And if you compromise the process, you're a jerk when you start out 
and you're a jerk when you get back. Right? So, so the whole point of climbing Mount Everest is to dive into it with with everything in your, your soul, your spirit, your body, everything. And it changes you. Right? You start off one part way and then you do this for months and then you don't barely make it and you almost die and you come back and you're a different person. But today you can pay 80 grand. You have Sherpas do all the work. You get your everything laid out for you. You get to the top, you come back and nothing changed because you didn't really invest anything into it. Why? You compromised the process. Now that's the process of Mount Everest, but what about this? The process of our, our life. Don't take the shortcut. I mean, you can take the shortcut. Have the Sherpas do everything for you. You could take an escalator to the top of Everest. But that defeats the whole purpose of climbing it. There's no point. Like The point of Everest isn't to get to the top of Everest. You can just have a helicopter take you to the top. Like, who cares? It's the process, and there's no shortcut in that. So I know I don't want to beat this dead horse here, but the lesson of Milo, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a rise and fall. And there's so many in history. And I think most of the people who do that, they attempt to shortcut, shortcut the process. So when they take the shortcut, what do they skip over? Character. All right, they skip over the character development part because that's everything. You can have all the wisdom in the world, but if you have no character, then uh, it doesn't matter. This is why Abraham Lincoln said, and this is one of my all-time favorite quotes. He said, nearly all men can stand adversity. Uh, let me stop here. I love that opening because, I don't know, I feel like in today, well, in today's culture, it's you're a victim and celebrate that and tell everyone what a victim you are and whatever. Recently in American history, it's, try to you know, stand up to adversity like you can do it come on you can do it that's important like that's the highest ideal is to stand up to adversity and here's lincoln being like well i mean whatever <laughs> i mean nearly all men can stand up to adversity a big deal which i find really fascinating right again culture more or less in america is like come on like as if that's the hardest thing to stand up to adversity and we think you can try hard to stand and lincoln's like well I mean, nearly everyone can do that but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. And I would add to that fame. If you want to know someone's character, give them power, give them fame. Because with those two things, your lack of character will be exposed very quickly. Heraclitus, Greek philosopher, he said, character is fate. Character is fate because you write your own story based on your own character, whether it be your success or your demise. I know I'm throwing a lot out there. Um, let me wrap up with this. I was talking to my, uh, so I got a local show in San Diego and our afternoon host, his name's Brett Winterbull. Uh, I was talking to him about all this and he's like, you know, Slater, it's, it's about, and Glenn would agree with this. I know it's about who do we want to be? Who's the we conservative movement, right? Let's just unite on that for now. What do we want the conservative movement to be known for? What do we want it to look like? The best, one of the best pieces of advice I got from uh, a couple parents now, because we have a four and a half month old. You're like, how do we raise little Jack? And they say, imagine who you want Jack to be and then do what it takes to get there. Now, obviously life is going to throw a million curveballs, all that, of course. But, and, and it's not even like, well, I want him to be a football player. It's not that. It's who, like, who do you want him to be? And then what do you have to do to get there, to help him get there, right? And I think it's the same thing with the conservative movement. Like, what do we want to be? What do we want it to be? 
And I know if you're here at the blaze, I know that you want it to be centered on truth. And you want to be confident and compassionate. I know that. That's why we're here. That's, that's the blaze audience. And I also think the blaze audience, you understand that it's about principles, not personalities. I stole that one from Matt Walsh. It's about principles, not personalities. Always remember that as well. Slater Radio on Twitter, one 888 Mike Slater Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater on The Blaze Radio Network. Crusaders. I want to tell a quick story about a uh, one of the seven sages of Greece. His name is uh, Salone. Salone uh, of Athens. He's actually all over the U.S. Capitol, the Capitol building in Congress. So in, in the House chamber, there's 23 bas-reliefs. There's 23 um, pictures of people throughout history uh, all around the, the House chamber. And one of them is Salone. And, and uh, there's also a giant statue of him in the Library of Congress because he was the, well, this, the first written law code in Athens was written by a guy named Draco, and they were super severe, like crazy, crazy, super severe laws. And this is where we get the word draconian, right? So if something's very severe, it's a draconian, and that's where it gets. So Salon was the second person. He, he rewrote the laws in Athens, and they lasted for about a thousand years. So he wrote, rewrote all the laws and then handed them over and said, I'm out of here. He, he just didn't want to deal with people asking him questions or complaining or whatever. So he left for 10 years and he traveled all over the place. And he goes to uh, a place named Lydia. It would be today, it'd be Turkey, basically. And he met the king. Now, the king was the richest king in the world at the time, the king of Lydia. And he was high on the hog and all the rest. And he was asking Salome, who's the happiest man in the world? Of course, expecting for him to say, well, why you are king. And Salon goes, well, uh, there's at least three people happier than you. <laughs> and the king's like, why? What are you talking about? Who can be happier than me? And he listed off all the things he owns and the places he controls and all the rest. And Salon said, well, there's this one guy back home who uh, had uh, amazing family. He had great kids, really well behaved. He he met all and he, and he knew all of his grandchildren. And then he died in battle in a heroic way defending his country. His name was uh, Tellus. And then there are these two brothers and they were traveling with their mother to uh, a festival and and the the cart they were in was pulled by an oxen and then the oxen died. So the two brothers pulled the cart with their mom in it for 5 miles all the way to the festival. And the king's like, what are you talking about? Like, those, <laughs> How are those people happier than me? And Salon's like, oh, the fortune you have that you're resting your happiness on, that's all fickle. That's, that's not going to last. And the king was outraged and all the rest. And then I think within the year, his, the king's son died accidentally. His wife committed suicide and he lost his empire to the Persians. So that was it. So Salon was a pretty baller guy. And his main known line is nothing in excess. 
That's his famous line, nothing in excess. I will end with this quote right here. Charles Wagner, 1903, he wrote a book called The Simple Life. And he said, when one passes in review the individual causes that disturb and complicate our life. So if we look at the things that are going on in our life that cause us stress, they all lead back to one general cause, which is this, the confusion of the secondary with the essential. Material comfort, education, liberty, these things constitute the frame of the picture. But the frame no more makes the picture than the uniform, the soldier. I love that, right? Like you take a guy, you put him in a military uniform. That doesn't make him a soldier. It's not that simple. You make the man the soldier, then you give him a uniform. So here he says, uh, here the picture, the picture. So the frame is stuff. The picture is man. And man with the most imitable, it's uh, unique, unique possession, namely his character and his will. And while we've been elaborating and garnishing the frame, we've forgotten, neglected, disfigured the picture. We must search out, set free, restore to honor the true life, assign things to their proper places, and remember that the center of human progress is moral growth. What good is a lamp? Or what is a good lamp? It is not the most elaborate, the finest wrought, that of the most precious metal. A good lamp is a lamp that gives good light. And so also we are men and citizens, not by the number of our goods and pleasures we procure for ourselves, nor because of the honors and independence we enjoy, but by virtue of the strength of our moral fiber. And this is not a truth of today, but a truth of all times. So that's uh, Charles Wagner, 1903, book's called The Simple Life. And then he goes on and talks about the importance of simplicity. How about it's not about material things even, um, you know, it's not even like, it's not even about simplicity of material things. It's simplicity about a state of mind. So I don't know. Are you like the King of Lydia, right? The King of Turkey thinking you're happy because you got all these things. Or are you wise like Salone saying, no, no, no. Raising a family, serving your mother, fighting for your country. That's what brings true happiness. Are you living a complicated life? A life focusing on the secondary, which would be the frame of the picture, and not the essential picture itself. I think about these things all the time. If, if, if I'm not doing it right, oh, it's just a matter of time before I veer off into the ditch. Just a matter of time. one 888 Slater Radio on Twitter. We'll get to some politics coming up next. Mike Slater, so the Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network.